0: welcome to zen bites where we blend ancient wisdom and business continuity empowering mindful entrepreneurs to create a cx focused zen lifestyle business all right so welcome so this week's topic is reclaiming your authenticity with our special guest charlena kua rose feathers charlena kua rose feathers is a life coach who helps women overcome obstacles in their lives, systemic or otherwise, freeing them to live the life they deserve. So Akua, um, before we get into authenticity, can you share with us how you became a life coach, including the type of people that you coach and why?
1: Absolutely. Um, And first, let me say thank you so much for inviting me and and, uh, welcoming me to Zen Bites. Um, So yeah, in terms of my coaching, um, what's interesting is I've been coaching people before I knew that it was coaching, before I even knew that coaching was a thing. I think I think it was maybe somewhere in the early t- early 2000s, which we're still technically in the early 2000s, but like, you know, earlier mm-hmm. that I discovered that coaching was a thing. Um, I've always had discernment to be able to see, um, you know, what a person was struggling with beyond what they said and beyond what they could name. Um, And also to be able to see a path through whatever they were troubled by and troubled with. I've always had a wisdom to, to know, you know, at what point can they take what they need to hear to get to where they need to go. Mm -hmm. And um, also had like an insight to help them create a plan that's specific to them. Right. And so Um, I think it was around 2014 that I actually start getting like certifications in coaching and and things like that. Uh, I think it was 2014. Um, And typically the kinds of clients that I've coached um, have been between the ages of like 35 to 60. And these are mostly women. I think there's probably, I could count on my hands, the number of uh, people who identify as men that I've coached. But most of the people identified as women and they're 35 to 60. Um, And these are women that uh, could easily qualify as the strong friend. I'm sure you've heard that term before. Um, These people are the hub of their families, their communities, their churches, um, social circles, and highly educated, well-read, high up in their careers. These are women who get things done. They've got a ton of stuff on their plates, um, and like everybody else, they have goals and dreams and you know, plans and visions for their lives, but they never get around to it because they learn, they've learned to prioritize others or they have a guilt when they think of doing something for themselves. Yeah.
0: Great. Great. So back into authenticity, what is your definition of authenticity?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So this word is like a buzzword. I mean, it's, everybody's like, be authentic. It's authentic you. (laughs) Okay. Well, what does that mean? Um, And really when I think about uh, authenticity of self, I think about like an unadulterated, honest, true, loyal um existence to your own values to your own ethics to your your own your own north star and that's a lifelong endeavor because you have to discover well what is my truth what is my north star what are my values and ethics and as you discover it being unafraid to live according to that and to shift as needed because you know in one season of your life you might you know value this thing, and as you progress forward in life, something else becomes true for you. And authenticity means I'm gonna stick to that. I'm gonna live to that, and I'm not concerned about you know input from others. Um, not I, I have to say this, and I don't want to take over things, but I have to say this: it's not that we're um, discounting wisdom if if anyone has input or insight about our lives, but it's I don't need it. I'm not requiring your input t- to determine how I live there's a value. I'm gonna hear it I'm gonna you know take it in and if it's relevant to my values and my ethics and my North star, then I'm gonna apply it. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, definitely definitely yeah yeah oh yeah okay so it's specific to each person each person yeah obviously um, yeah yeah.
1: Yeah, and there's, I mean, it's it's possible to have a group of people who believe this thing. Like I'm thinking about, um, you know, different, you know, belief systems and values, different cultures, different families, and it's it's typical for those groupings of people to all believe a thing, but there are nuances, and so finding your groove, finding your space right in the middle of those nuances. So. You know what I mean? And that's my authenticity. So my family might think, oh, we must all get together for any type of event. And I might say, okay, I value gathering with family, but I don't have to be there for everything. That's where where my authenticity comes in. I'm
0: gonna try that next
1: time. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Let me tell you the power in being able to stand in your authentic. Let me tell you, because when you do stuff like that, when it's gathering with family or whatever it is, you honor yourself, you value yourself. You are telling yourself that you are important. And a lot of times these women that I described, that's something that they need to hear because they are the hub of their community and they are so important to the people around them. But nine times out of 10, the people around them don't treat them important or they don't tell them that you are important. Mm-hmm. And so when you stand in your authenticity, You're telling yourself that, you know what? I don't want to go to the family gathering this time. And then you don't go. So you tell yourself you matter, you're valuable, you're important. So, yeah, (laughs) turn down the invitation. next
0: (laughs) And I'm going to say that you said it. (laughs)
1: That's right.
0: (laughs) You go ahead and come to my page. (laughs) Yeah, because a lot of times these women, they think they don't think about themselves.
1: Mm, Um, exactly exactly and it's and it's it's a socialization like that's kind of the result of how we're socialized um overall and I don't discount um non-binary people and I don't discount trans people um I speak to the experience that I have so I've not coached you know anyone from that population very happy to do so. But so when I say what I'm saying, I'm not discounting anyone else. But I know that typically women are raised to be servers, to be helpers, you know, supporters. Mm -hmm. And so in our mind, it's always others focused. It's always facing other people. So no, we don't think about ourselves. We don't prioritize ourselves. And a lot of times doing so makes most women feel like they've done something wrong or they feel guilty or they feel ashamed. Exactly. And it's like, no, let's turn that around. Let's change that. Just change that. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely.
0: And so I think some people tend to compartmentalize their lives. Like sometimes they're more authentic or they are authentic, supposedly, in their personal lives, but in their professional lives, they put on this mask. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think the... Um, impact of of that way of being would be?
1: Yeah, Um, it really depends, right? Because um, and this is something, one thing I will say is that I've lived what I coach, I lived what I've because I do workshops and trainings and coaching and all these things and everything that I live, it comes from a place of having experienced it. So it really depends, the impact depends, like, what is your motive? If your motive is to hide yourself, then that impact can be, um, there, there can be some definitely harm, definitely let me try that sentence all over again, there can definitely (laughs) be harm (laughs) to like your your sense of being. Because if you're trying to hide yourself, in essence, you're doing the opposite of what we were just talking about. You're telling yourself you are not important. You're telling yourself that you do not matter and you are not worthy of shining and standing, you know, in your truth and, and being all of who you are. But there's a difference between like masking who you are and maybe toning it down. So for example, um, you know, I'm on the on the, my road to PhD. I'm, I'm working on my dissertation as we speak, right? Which means I've got several degrees. I've got several um, certifications. I've professionally, I've worked with CEOs and like all of these top level executives. And I was also raised in a family of people who read and who are also educated. And I also have some family members who hung out, you know, in the neighborhood. And so who I am is a mixture of all of those things. So I've literally sat at tables with CEOs and VPs as I'm project managing, you know, some big initiative in their organization and someone offers a suggestion and I'll say, that's dope. I like that. This is how we're going to do it in that type of, you know what I'm saying? Because that's Mm -hmm. authentically who I am. And there's also been times when I've, you know, had the, whatever was in the moment, right? So if I'm toning it down for the most part when I'm at the table with the CEOs, I'm speaking in a manner that they might call appropriate, but that's only because it's the vibe that I'm in in that moment, right? My motive is not to hide myself. My motive is to be true to who I am and what I'm feeling in that space. If I really like an idea, and I think that is an advantageous idea, and I believe that it would be beneficial for us to move forward in that direction, we are aligned, let's go. Or I might say, that's dope. That's dope. Same thing, (laughs) same thing, (laughs) but yeah, I think, I think the negative impact of that way of being, you know, being authentic in your personal life, but not in your professional life, it really depends on why, which means that's a little bit of like internal searching. Why are you doing it? Are you doing it because you think that the part of you that says that dope, that's dope um, is bad. Do you think that it's ghetto? Do you think that it's, you know, negative? whatever that motive is, because whatever that whatever your reasoning is, you're sending that message to yourself, which tears you down, breaks you down, it does not build you up Um, so that it's like a kind of an internal search that that people would have to do to discover, like, am I harming myself or am I valuing myself?
0: right is that like an internal microaggression
1: (laughs) listen I like that I'm gonna borrow that if you don't mind I will definitely cite my source (laughs) I like that that is what that is we are literally microaggressing ourselves like this is this is me subtly uh judging myself and I'm doing it for others. And I do get it, right? Um, I've had conversations with people where they hear me say something to the effect of what I just said. And they're like, but you know that we can't get in front of these people and talk, but why can't we? Why can't we? (laughs) Right? Because at the end of the day, the more that I um, continue that narrative, the more they will continue it. I had to push back to one of my professors recently because I wrote something and he was just, just raving about what I wrote and he was like you know I just want to um encourage you that some of the areas the the writing was a little less scholarly and I said what does that mean what is scholarly whose 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 voice do you want in this paper do you want me to mimic the voice of the people who've typically done the research or do you want to hear my voice the intersections of who I am because that's who I'm going to put in the paper and he was like you know what that's a good point (laughs) and I was like I know Um, (laughs) That's funny. <laughs> yes. No, I like that. That's an internal microaggression. I'm not going to do it for you all. Actually, I'm going to allow myself to stand. So you'll learn as you watch me. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And on that note, what are some um, obstacles to becoming authentic?
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Everything that we were just talking about, um, big time, you know, social norms. What does society say that, you know, I fill in the blank with your description, you know, I'm a, this, you know, this nationality, this culture, this, whatever, what does society say I'm supposed to do? What does my family say I'm supposed to do? Because a lot of times um, that's another source of, you know, our masking and our desires and attempts to mask ourselves is because our family has this expectation um, that we present ourselves in a certain way, and it's not authentic to who we are. Um, religion is a huge factor in, you know, uh, op- or an obstacle rather, in people's authenticity, because you think you've, you, you're you taught that who certain parts of who you are, are not okay. Certain parts of who you are, you know, are, are wrong or sinful or something like that. And so um, a lot of times when we try so hard to avoid doing or being those things that society or our family or religion tells us that we can't be, we also hide other parts of ourselves. So if I'm hiding, you know, my, like, like the way that I speak and I'm working really hard to use words that are appropriate for the situation, well, I'm hiding my creativity because I'm using all of my brain power to try to find the fancy words. I don't want to use a fancy word right now. I know them, but I'd rather say something else. And when I say that, I'm allowing all of my creativity to come forth because I'm not using it to try to find your fancy word. Um, so trying to align and adhere to all of these different norms can definitely be an obstacle, so much so that you almost don't realize that, that it's an obstacle because it's become a norm for you. Right. Subtle. Subtle. Oh, my gosh. That's why your your phrase was so um, powerful internal microaggressions
0: yes so what are some tips that you can share with us to become authentic in our lives
1: yeah um, one of the things is what we mentioned before just that kind of internal searching this and that's why i said it's a lifelong process Um, and i i want to say that slower it 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 definitely is a lifelong process a lot of times you know people think gosh i've been i've been quote unquote doing the work for a year now, and not much has changed. um, It's a process. Somebody might start it, and, you know, it seems like they've progressed much faster than you, and that's a reminder to stay focused on your own, like stay in your own lane, focus on yourself, you know, keep your eyes on your own work, Um, (laughs) because everyone's different. So one of the tips I would say is to really do some, some searching, I like to say, review the tape, go back into your timeline to discover who you are because who you are has always been there. Um, I'll give you an example. There's a picture that my grandmother has of me. And I remember the day so clearly she had, uh, my grandmother had a, um, a kindergarten Um, she had a school that was a kindergarten and preschool. And in the back of the kindergarten, there was like this little jungle gym. And she was like, okay, I'm going to take a picture of you. And in this picture, I'm telling people, okay, you stand here, you climb up here halfway and you hold your position. I'm putting people in the place to make the best picture. I'm a kid. I think I could have been, I don't know, six, seven, right? Well, that desire to like, put things in its place has always been who I am. So, if I review the tape and I want to become authentic, I look back at who I was back then and there are little traces of who I am all throughout my story. So, that's the first thing and that's a continual thing and then decide what you want. Do I want to appease the people around me? My church folks, my family, you know, society, my boss, or do I want to live according to who I'm discovering myself to be. Do I want to live my authentic life? Do I want to live according to my values, ethics, North Star, et cetera? Or do I want to follow them? And if, you know, again, that's a lifelong journey, because sometimes you might be like, no, I want to get this promotion. So I'm going to do what they want me to do. I'm going to be who they want me to be. Literally decide what you want and decide what matters. Does it matter to you to to, to live according to your um your North star, your authenticity or to theirs. And that could be something you discover is your authenticity. That could be a part of like, I, it is authentically me to wanna do what other people want me to do. Um, then develop a plan to get there. Okay, how am I gonna get there? What am I gonna do? Do I, is, is this a step-by-step process? Do I need to make some grand announcement or do I just need to go with the flow and adopt all of these things and you know stop going to all the family gatherings, You know, change up the way I dress? Um, I have locks in my hair and I lock them. I think it was, I think I'm on year four or five now. Well, prior to that, I wanted to lock my hair so, so badly, but I didn't do it because society told me it was not okay. Mm-hmm. I heard so many messages that doing that to your hair would make people not want to hire you. And they would think differently of you and all of these things. And that's probably true. And because of it, I didn't. Well, boom, my plan, a part of my plan to get there was lock my hair, um, actually live according to what I want to do. And then along the way, count the cost because recognizing that anytime you step outside of what the norms are around you, um, it it can cost you something like you, you might lose, uh, you know, relationships, you might lose opportunities. And is it worth it? Is it more important to you to appease and please the people around you, or is it more important for you to live according to, again, your authentic self? And then I think the last thing I would just point out about all of that is that it's helpful to have accountability there, a coach, um, a friend who will stick with it, stick with you throughout the process. Because if this is like, if this is new terrain, if you're stepping outside of what your family and all of those people around you are typically doing, you you are definitely going to reach some areas where you start to question, okay, did I do the right thing? Should I keep going? Should I just turn back and, you know, jump back into the status quo and having that person there holding you accountable will help you decide what's the best thing. Like what you really want, not based off an emotional response, but based off of, what you really need and what you really desire for yourself.
0: Nice. Okay. Great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So let's look at the impact of being authentic. You just touched on some of it, but um, what are some not so obvious changes that you may experience when you become authentic?
1: Um, Some not so obvious ones, you know, you'll start to question some of your life choices, right? Um, And there might be a little bit of a tussle within about that. Like, why did I wait so long? Gosh, you know, if I'd have done this X number of years ago, I would be, you know, so much further or blah, 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 like any number of things there's that can happen for sure. Because once you start stepping into your authentic self, there's a lot more freedom. You're there's you're not as confined because you're not concerned about what will they, quote unquote, they, what will they say? If that's no longer a factor, now you have to be like, man, how, how come I didn't do this a long time ago? There might be a little bit of that. And then definitely uh, some of the relationships that you have will change, even, even family relationships, um, because Sometimes when folks step outside of the norm, you've got family who are like, oh my gosh, go for it. I'm so happy for you. That's so great. It's about time. And then other times, some people are have those family members who are like, oh, you think you better than us? Oh, because you got that little degree. Oh, you got that little job, you know? <laughs> <laughs> True. (laughs) Yeah. And that, I mean, and, and there's an impact there. Like not only the fact that they're responding to you that way, because you know, the question is, and remember I said, I lived this, so this is not coming, you know, my clients experience this. Yes. But a lot of times when I tell these stories, I'm thinking about my own story and there are definitely some people who you're like, I'm not out here hurting people. Like I'm just getting a degree or I'm just getting a nice job and and this is how you responded to me? Yep, yep, that's that's likely to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. I know,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, so can you tell us, we'd like to end off with, what are three books that you recommend to the audience and why?
1: Okay, so I am not being difficult. <laughs> but I... <laughs> That's, that's, you know, something's coming when I yeah, say, <laughs> <laughs> So I like to answer this question a little bit differently whenever I'm asked this, Um, and I I answer differently for two reasons. The first reason is because, like I mentioned, I'm I'm working on my dissertation. So for the last I don't know how many years, I've read mostly (laughs) journals and journals and studies and research and all of this stuff. So I've not really read a bunch of new stuff unless it's relevant, you know, related to my uh, dissertation. Um, But beforehand like before i you know got really heavy into research i was an avid reader and i remember the folks that um who were like in my readers community quote unquote and we would have this you know huge list of books oh my gosh did you read this did you read that and um it kind of became our identity the books that you did read became your identity The fact that you do read became our identity. And it just, there was a losing of ourselves in that. Now, I totally believe in reading 100%. So that's why I do have an answer for you. But I just want to put that little caveat there because it's not going to be what you expected. Um, (laughs) So the first one is not technically a book until you make it so. And that's a journal. I always recommend, and I know some people are like, I hate journaling. And I get it. That's a thing. But if you write one or two sentences every day and then come back to it in like six months or maybe a year or, you know, at different intervals, just to see kind of like the trajectory of your life, those that last six months or that last six years, I'm sorry, one year. And it can show you how you're progressing or that you are stagnant, right? you're moving forward or you're not. So that's one that I recommend reading. And if you are a journal, journaler, go back and read some of them, like go back and read some of the ones just just randomly open to a page. And then again, you can see from where you've come, right. Um, another thing that I like to recommend is a book that makes you laugh, like it's not politically relevant. It's not socially relevant. It's not Uh, a novel, but it's something humorous, Um, just something that will make, it could be literally uh, comic books. Years, years, years ago, I can remember they used to make these books, um, uh, this comic strip, The Far Side, and it's literally just little comic strips and just something that made me chuckle um, just to kind of break up the norm of my world, my life, my normal you know, flow of things, just something to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing that I recommend is um, the autobiography of someone you admire. These are, this is a two for one in this last one. And the autobiography of someone that you cannot stand. <laughs> and the, re- <laughs> the reason why I think both are important is because a lot of times when you read somebody's autobiography that you admire, you realize Um, how much in common you have with them and the things that they accomplished, it helps you to see, oh my goodness, like I can also accomplish what they've done. I admire them for these reasons and we have similarities. So I could actually aspire to do some of the great things that I see in them. And then if you read the autobiography of somebody that you can't stand, the same thing can happen, right? It's literally kind of like a, um, uh, what is that called when you when you kind of level the playing field like I can't stand this person. I, I don't like what they stand for. But when you read their autobiography, what you can learn is at any point in anybody's life, we can be that person in someone else's life, I could be the person somebody can't stand. Right. And it's easy for me to think of another person as being this awful person or whatever. But I can also be that so it's, a, it's a humbling experience. And it helps me to, it doesn't mean I got to start liking that person, doesn't mean I got to start admiring them. But what it can mean is that I'm a little bit more judicious when I'm dishing out my can't stand bucks. Like I can't stand you, wait a minute, you know, your story is kind of similar to mine. And one little change is what, you know, made you that person, or maybe not. But it still gives me some insight into what got you to where you are. And it just helps me to be a little bit more Humble, a little bit more kind, a little bit more compassionate, might not still like the person, but <laughs> it's, so it's, it's, maybe it's, maybe it's informed at that point, but yeah, that's my, uh, uh, what do they call that? that that's my, um, unconventional way of answering that question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And lastly, where can listeners find you on social media, et cetera?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am on Facebook, uh, C Akua Rose, and it's A K U uh, A R O S E. So the letter C, Akua Rose on Facebook. And then on Instagram, um, Akua Rose Feathers. Don't ask me why I didn't make them both the same. It's just I didn't. Uh, and then I have AkuaRoseConsulting.com. And uh, really, all of those will always have information about me and the offerings and, you know, silliness that that i am (laughs) great great
0: thank you again i want to thank you for joining us today thank you and to the listeners i look forward to next week until then stay clear focused and on purpose thanks for listening to zen bites where we just blended ancient wisdom and business continuity empowering you to create a cx focused zen lifestyle business